0: And we are live. Welcome everybody. Welcome to the Post Wrestling
1: Cafe for this week's Cafe Hangout. It's John Pollock and Wei Ting here with you for the next. Oh, jeez. Oh, geez. oh I everyone's keep doing here. that. I keep. Oh, it's okay. Why? We're getting to mute ourselves. Sorry. Okay. We have lots to discuss on today's show. We're going to be joined momentarily by Nate Melton, one of the kings of sport himself, joining us. We're going to preview Elimination Chamber that is coming up on Sunday. We'll get through some of the news and. Well, first of all, let's bring in Nate. Brother Nate, how are you on this fine Thursday afternoon?
2: What's going on, brothers? And in, in the words of American poet Andre 3000, happy Valentine's Day. Every day's the 14th.
1: Man, I always love you've just got an endless supply of quotes just for every occasion.
2: It serves me no purpose other than podcast introductions. Oh, it's fantastic, Nate.
1: It's like your calling card. <laughs> Literally.
2: How are you guys doing today?
1: Oh, uh, we're doing well. Um, We do have some news right off the top here, which uh, just broke about a half an hour or so ago. Uh, This coming from TMZ Sports. So I'm going to read the story because, Nate, I think you're hearing this for the first time. WWE superstar Jimmy Uso, one half of the popular Usos tag team, was arrested after a drunken dispute with cops in Detroit, TMZ Sports has learned. The 33-year-old, real name Jonathan Solofo Fatu and his wife, fellow WWE superstar Naomi, were pulled over near downtown Detroit after cops say Naomi was driving the wrong direction on a one-way street. According to our police sources, cops say their 2018 Dodge journey reeked of booze so they ordered Naomi out of the car. We're told that while Naomi talked to cops, Jimmy got out of the car, despite commands from police, and took off his shirt and jacket and squared up like he wanted to fight. We're told the officer took out his taser because he was scared for his safety. Jimmy ultimately settled down and complied with their commands. Then he was handcuffed and arrested for disorderly conduct and obstruction. He was taken to jail and later posted bond. Uso was not in Detroit for a WWE event. And it concludes by saying that the Uso brothers multiple time SmackDown tag team champions are scheduled to face The Miz and Shane McMahon for the title at Elimination Chamber on the weekend. Now, I did reach out to WWE just momentarily, uh, uh, just recently, and they sent me the following statement. It's a pretty brief statement, uh, and it just uh, states, quote, Jonathan Fatu is responsible for his own personal actions. So that is the extent of the statement, and I I did inquire if they are still scheduled for the live events this weekend, and that was the response I got, so um, to be determined uh, what their status is. But um, just hearing that, Nate, um, off the top, um, uh, would you expect uh, Jimmy Uso and or Naomi to potentially uh, be removed from Sunday's card as a result of this, or could this be a case where they will just um, go forward with their bookings this weekend?
2: Ooh, it, it, it's a tricky one because I, I, just hearing that story for the first time, John, my immediate reaction was, you know, just kind of viscerally, uh, viscerally being anxious um, and, you know, not to get too super political or too super real, but people of color don't have the best experience with police, even when they're complying 100%. Mm-hmm. So to hear, you know, Jimmy being out of control and being aggressive towards the police, like, this could have ended a whole lot worse than it actually ended up uh, being. So I think if you're the WWE, you definitely have to take action. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but is this is this the second time Jimmy's had an instance like this? Or, or was, was that was, Jay the last time?
0: It was Jay the last time in uh, January of 2018. DW, okay. DWI, yeah.
2: Okay, so even still, though, I would think... This close to the show, like maybe it would have, been, would have been different if this happened last weekend or even you know as recently as Monday. But I think this close to the show, I would seriously think about either switching that match out or eliminating it all together because there's got to be repercussions for this. And you know, I, I love Jimmy Uso, I love the Uso brothers, uh, I love Naomi. Like I think she's she's one of the more underrated uh, performers on the on the roster. But this is not a good look, especially in this climate. Uh, so yeah, if I'm the company, I would think about sitting them down for for this show.
1: Yeah, and and again, like again, this story is just breaking. I'm certain that the company wants to at least get Jimmy and Naomi's side of this mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, in, in the story, it states that the the car smelled of alcohol. Uh, there was no mention that there was any open open alcohol in the in the car itself. So, I mean, had, I mean. You want to get at least uh, both sides of the story, obviously, to to put it into proper context. But um, at the end of it, there was an arrest made. So that's that's significant right there. So um, the WWE, again, in their statement, just stating that uh, Jonathan Fatu is responsible for his own actions is that's all the company is stating at the moment. Uh, So we will continue to follow that and see um, if it does affect any of uh, this weekend and their involvement at the Elimination Chamber and at live events as well. Nate, as we kind of pivot over to the Elimination Chamber, it's largely been built around the two chamber matches, and we do have a Ronda Rousey match on Sunday. But as the uh as the road to WrestleMania uh gets uh, further and further down the road, uh, how would you assess this? Uh build up for Elimination Chamber, which typically is a, a notable event for them, and this seems to be one that um I, I'm expecting a really solid chamber match uh, from the men's side, uh, but beyond that match, kind of give us a little gauge of where your uh, intrigue is for Sunday show.
2: Not, not that high. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, other than the two chamber matches, really just kind of looking up and down the card. The only thing that I actually have anticipation for would probably be the cruiserweight match with Buddy Murphy and Akira Tozawa. Just because I think that'll be a cool little matchup, but in terms of stories that actually have me invested and in, in wanting to tune in as a fan, it feels like a lot of wheel spinning until we get on that fast track to WrestleMania, particularly when you talk about Ronda. Like that matchup with Ruby Riot. Uh, you guys talked about it on uh, Monday. Even though it'll probably be a good match in ring, nobody... Uh, in a million years that Ruby Riot is going to win this match, so it kind of ultimately amounts to an exhibition, uh, a placeholder to get us to the ultimate match that we want to see, which is that three-way uh, with Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda. So there's a couple matches I'm intrigued by, but on the whole, I've I got to tell you, John, I was more interested for the last uh, Impact pay-per-view than I am for Elimination Chamber. Uh,
1: yeah, I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that at, at all. It feels like this is very much. My interest is pretty much limited to the men's chamber match and re- realistically Ronda Rousey and Ruby riot is uh, a segment that is the backdrop for a bigger angle involving Charlotte and or uh, Becky Lynch that I think most expect to get involved uh, in some form or fashion. But uh, let's start with the men's chamber match. It is Daniel Bryan defending the championship against challengers, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe and Kofi Kingston uh, way. And I, uh, did a whole review of SmackDown, but what did you think of Tuesday's uh, impromptu rebooking of the show with Mustafa Ali out and the utilization of Kofi Kingston going over an hour uh, and establishing him as a credible challenger uh, to replace Ali?
2: Hmm. First of all, I think it's a good example of booking on the fly, and and so often fans or commentators or critics of wrestling, you know, like the bang on the the creative teams. But for this, you know, this is just a situation that was out of their control. And I thought they did a really good job in one night of changing the game plan, calling an audible and reestablishing Kofi Kingston as this legitimate threat. Uh, Do I think that it's going to have lasting ramifications? Probably not. (laughs) But for that one night and for Kofi going into the elimination chamber, I thought they did a really good job of showing us like why we should care about this guy. You know, the moment where He's yelling at AJ Styles when AJ's telling him to you know stand down. And he's like, you know, I've, I've been here too long. You know, I've been waiting 11 years. Like that's something fans can actually hook on to because it's, it's a real statement. And so I'm glad Kofi's getting this little mini spotlight. Uh, I think over the length and breadth of his career, he's probably a guy that they should have done more with. Uh, but at least, you know, he's getting this little moment now, even though I don't think uh, for a second that, uh, you know, he's going to walk out of the chamber with the belt
0: how would you begin to transition the new day into singles competitors if this push continues
2: this is the this is the million dollar question and it's something i've been thinking about a lot way uh for years because to me big e is a guy that is tailor made for a WWE champion. You know, he's got the size. He's got the look. He's got the personality. He's somebody you can put on The Today Show or somebody you could put on Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel and be a good ambassador for your product. And so it baffles me that he's not somebody that they've given more of a singles run to. You know, I understand that The New Day probably makes a bunch of money in, in terms of merch, but I think there's a way you can give each guy his own lane without them having to be tied at the hip like I think there doesn't need to be you know a turn Uh, I I wouldn't want to see a turn I think there's a story to be told where you know maybe Kofi and Xavier uh, are are trying to push Biggie into taking that opportunity taking that leap Uh, and he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to you know leave the group and they're like you know you don't have to turn your back on the new day but we don't want to limit your potential uh because I, I do think there's a there's, and i don't want to i don't want to sound like i'm throwing shade on anybody but i guess i, I will uh toss a toss a little bit of shade around here way we live in a world where jinder mahal has been world champion so we're in a post gender mahal championship environment and so mm-hmm. any argument that you could tell me that biggie shouldn't be world champion or or <laughs> doesn't have a b or c To be a world champion. That's out the window. Because this is wrestling. We can tell a good storyline about anybody. We can make anybody credible. If we put the time and effort in. So I I definitely think Big E to me. Is somebody that. In the next year or two. I would love to see elevated to that next level.
0: So do you not see Kofi Kingston.
2: In that role. I think it's a little bit too late for Kofi. Like I think we can do. Maybe one pay-per-view with Kofi and Daniel Bryan. Coming off of this story. That would be pretty cool. But in terms of, like, hell, we could even maybe do a WrestleMania with Kofi and Daniel Bryan, depending on how the fans respond to Kofi Kingston. But I don't think long-term Kofi would be the guy that you would put that belt on, strap that rocket to, just because, you know, I think we know what Kofi Kingston is. We know kind of what his ceiling is, whereas with Big E, I think the potential is still out there. Uh, So, yeah, I I would love, I'd be behind, you know, a, a... two or three-month Kofi Kingston story involving Daniel Bryan, but long-term, I don't think he's the guy.
1: So what you're saying in the words of Randy Savage is that this one-week period is his cup of Kofi with the big time. Mm. Let's move Nicely on. Nicely done. <laughs> oh. Nate, who's winning this match? Is this a foregone conclusion that it is Daniel Bryan? And who do you see coming out of this as Bryan's challenger for WrestleMania? Because I think that's a interesting uh, debate that you can have because there isn't the clear-cut matchup for Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Unless you see a surprise title change in this match.
2: I don't see a title change. I think it's too early for that, John. Um, coming out of here, though, I think we get some of these guys paired off. I think AJ and Orton probably mm-hmm. get paired off. Yep. Uh I don't I don't really want to go back to Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy. I think there's more each guy could be doing elsewhere. Uh but I also don't see them being Daniel Bryan's next challenger. Um uh, so going back to what we were just talking about, I I think I could be behind, you know, a Kofi Kingston story. Like let's say they give Kofi a good little run in the chamber match and there's momentum coming out of that, but Daniel Bryan still retains can we tell the story of this might be Kofi's only shot at this title over this 11 year career? Can we get the fans emotionally invested? Can we take the momentum from that gauntlet match and transfer it into a story that has legs up to WrestleMania? I don't know. I think there's a possibility. Um, if this were Mustafa Ali, I think I'd go the same way. Like, I think Mustafa Ali would have been my choice for Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania opponent. So I'm going to go with his replacement and say out of all these possibilities, I think Kofi and Daniel is, is is where I would go next.
1: It seems like it's the one like prime position at WrestleMania that you could see... Whatever their idea is now, there's enough wiggle room that you could you could adjust. There still is that outstanding loss that Brian has to Mustafa Ali that hasn't been followed up on. And I can't imagine that that was done completely without a plan. Somebody on our board did mention
0: that that was the way Ali, I guess, got into the chamber in the first place. Mm.
1: Which? Beating Brian. I'm talking about the first one, though, when he when Ali first beat him, when he had come up from 205 Live. This was like in December. Did that not lead to anything? I mean, it didn't lead to Lumble? a title match. It was a non-title match. So, hmm. uh, um,
2: you think they could go a three-way route then with with Kofi and Ali versus Daniel Bryan? I, think
1: I have a, just... I have a really hard time seeing those guys involved. Um, but I, I mean, there isn't that that top. Um, baby face that jumps out because the top baby face is AJ Styles that you've just finished yeah. with
2: uh, I to saying, me, I love, and I love AJ Styles but I, I don't I'm kind of tired of the AJ Daniel combination for right now
1: well that's why I I still maintain I think Brian and Ray is the match that Ooh, okay you, that should be WrestleMania for me I think that would be it's a fresh match it's it's an all uh, the ultimate baby face that no matter how entertaining Brian is no one yeah. is booing Rey Mysterio over Daniel Bryan. Not in this incarnation. It's not the Royal Rumble from 2014 any longer. But that would be what I would go with. I think Rey has been so hot in this comeback that this would be... I think that's a great match for WrestleMania. So that's my pick. And both Rey and Andrade are curiously absent from this card, at least uh, in the the latest uh, version. Which, again, that's also a feud maybe does that have the legs to go to WrestleMania or has Andrade and Ray kind of uh, dried up at this point for you, Nate?
2: I think it'd be a fantastic match, particularly on that stage. I think the crowd would be into it, but now that you, you know, put out the possibility of Ray and Daniel Bryan, there's only so many spots on WrestleMania, even though they, they find their way to get everybody on the card in one way, shape or form. But if you're talking about maximizing your combinations. I think Ray, out of everybody, Ray and Daniel Bryan might be the one I'd be most interested in seeing. So, yeah, they could do Ray and Andrade and it, it'd get a good response, but not nearly the response that uh, Daniel Bryan and Ray would get.
1: Then we have the Women's Elimination Chamber match Nia Jackson, Tamina, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan, Mandy Rose, and Sonia Deville, Fire and Desire, The Iconics, Bailey and Sasha Banks, and Naomi and Carmella, the winners becoming the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Um, let's start with you way. This is, I'd say an uphill battle for these women. And I could also see this match going on very early in the show and being far removed from the men's main event, which I think everyone expects to close the show.
0: Yeah, I do. Certainly. Um, I think they're going to have to rely on very clever, uh, combinations. I mean, I thought the women's chamber last year wasn't like, I thought it had its. It was fine, you know, for what it was, and I think they relied on like um, really kind of creative uh, uses of the cage um, to carry it. They're going to have a much tougher time this year, and I think people like Bailey and Sasha and Naomi are going to be relied upon to, uh, you know, carry most of the, the the load of this match. I think you're going to expect, you know, some. Decent usage of somebody like a Nia Jax who can do a lot of the catching. Somebody like Mandy Rose and I think Sonya Deville also might be looking to impress. I think it's a huge stage for people like them. The Iconics, I think, might have, you know, their kind of uh, clever kind of chicken shit heel type types of, uh, uh, I don't know, things that they they could do to kind of kick, um, you know. So I don't think the match... Mm, is like loss certainly be you know we've seen like with with the women anytime they're being placed on a major stage they do a lot of prep to make sure that these matches come across well so i don't think people are perhaps giving them enough credit um but certainly
1: it's you know the expectations aren't as high nate how has this been built up and what are you expecting uh from this match could it overachieve
2: I think it's solid, man. Best on the card. Uh, my one kind of point with this, and it speaks to what we talked about on, I believe, Rewind. Well, that's a tongue twister.
0: Hey, Nate, you're, Rewind, you're actually breaking up like pretty badly, unfortunately, on our end. Let's, should let's we just re- reconnect, reconnect with Nate, you second. quickly. Okay. We will call Nate right back. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I'm very curious to hear what you guys in the chat room also think about this particular match. I think it's the one with kind of the most interest, yeah. just to see like how these performers will do. Hello? So, hey, Nate. Hello? All right. Yeah, okay, please continue your thought.
2: Okay. Uh, I was going to say, this speaks to something you and uh, John talked about on, uh, it was either Rewind a Raw or Rewind a SmackDown, in regards to the NXT call-ups. Yes and how kind of pointless they've seemed. And to me, there's two people you could have brought up if you're really serious about building up this women's tag division that would have made sense and would have made an impact. And that's uh, Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, that this match really could have used that that buzz to have these two in yes. and would have greatly enhanced the match as well.
2: Yep, so I, that's my one regret with this. Uh that being said, I think it'll be a fine match. They 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 won't put these women out there in a position to fall on their face. Um I think at the end of the day though, it's either got to be Bailey and Sasha or Nia and Tamina taking this. Yeah.
1: I I'm yeah. with you. I think that you could do I could see Nia and Tamina winning this, and then they're the, the heels that are just running roughshod and can be Bailey and Sasha chasing as opposed to putting the titles on them immediately. Uh, unless they've got some bigger plan with uh, Bailey and Sasha for WrestleMania facing uh, a team from the past or t- some bigger idea. But yeah, those would be the two to isolate, I would say. I think they had bigger
0: plans for for Kairi Sane and Io Shirai, at least for now. I know like when it comes to... Um, maybe a lot of their Japanese talent they like to keep them down in the system for a little longer if anything just to let them practice English a bit more get more comfortable with the promos um, I also think like if you brought those two up it would be to the benefit of this match and certainly to the division in the long run but I, I also feel like now is sort of a bad time to debut NXT people
1: well bad to debut NXT people when you have bad ideas for them which we've <laughs> yeah. seen quite a few from uh, let's move on over to uh, Ronda Rousey, Ruby Riot for the Raw Women's Title. the The option is there. Ruby Riot defending the Raw Women's Title in the main event of WrestleMania against Charlotte Flair. Uh, I guess it's possible to happen. How long does this one go, Nate? Is this one going to be less than five minutes? Ah. Uh, or do they extend this?
2: I could see them giving Ruby a little bit of shine before she ultimately taps out. So I'm going to say seven minutes.
1: Okay,
0: I'll say about that too. I think uh, people are going to sleep on this one because you know the outcome is is so incredibly predictable. But uh, let's remember, you know, there's there's a going to be Charlotte ringside and a very good chance that Becky might somehow get involved into all this. So um, I wouldn't completely eh, I don't think she'll win. I don't think Ruby will win at all. But <laughs> it doesn't even matter to me. I'm like I'm more so just interested to see like the the evolution of Ronda Rousey in ring and how she performs. And I think Ruby's a very capable partner for her. Oh,
1: I, I just wish Ruby was in kind of a you know, had been more the push challenger of the month because mm-hmm. I think that, um, she could have a very good match here with Ronda. This reminds me of, uh, when we went to the AIW show, this was on the night before CM Punk's fight with Mickey Gall and it was Shayna Baszler was having a match and Ronda Rousey actually appeared. She was backstage and came out and Shayna versus Heidi Loveless. It was Shayna Baszler yeah. versus Heidi Lovelace, And at the end of that match, it's like, you know, Shayna's showing a lot of potential but the one i'm impressed with was heidi Lovelace. she, like was she, leading, she, was she leading led the match yeah. she was tremendous in the in that uh, outing so when she was signed i was like that's a great hire and you know she's someone that yeah it's just it's not a push match and they're even making that part of the story with uh, ruby's tweets and stuff that she's uh been posting so anyway it's a backdrop for the angle i would assume uh charlotte and i think Be- becky as well this is where you probably go off with uh the three of them and then that can lead to something at Fastlane and ultimately the three way between those those three for WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush versus Finn Bálor in a handicap match for the Intercontinental title. So other man could be pinned. Yeah, Leo Rush could cause the title switch. Uh what what an awesome ending that would be. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> Nate, put put some uh, put some sunlight on this match for us. What what are we what are we missing out on? What are we overlooking?
2: Uh, I mean, the positive is uh, we haven't heard from Lashley's sisters in a while. <laughs>
1: okay, there you go. That that is a positive. You're right. That is a
0: one <laughs> handicap match. I would take over this one. Oh wow,
1: <laughs> Bobby and uh, this... sisters. Hey, Sammy Zayn's not coming back alone. Maybe he's coming back with mm. the sisters.
2: This this match is something that I, I care very little about despite liking all three of the uh, participants. Like, I've been a fan of Lashley's for a while. I, I think Finn Balor should be at a higher level, and Leo Rush has a ton of potential that they're really not capitalizing on right now. Like, I, I enjoyed his match with Finn the other night on Raw. Uh, But, but? I think Lashley retains of... Uh, yes, yeah, so I paused on the but so we could all envision Lashley's, Clodius uh, oh. Maximus.
1: Yeah, he's doing Molly Holly's gimmick in uh, 2019.
2: <laughs> yes, he's got an ass like an amphitheater, as Trish Stratus once said. Wow,
1: <laughs> he's got the quotables. <laughs> man. Yeah, damn. Yep, Jerry Lawler would tell you, watch it in widescreen so you can see all of it.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, but there's no reason to take the belts off of Lashley here. I think, unfortunately, this is something that's going to prolong. Because uh, the Finn Finn doesn't really have a lane up because that's Seth and Brock. Finn, so Finn's got to stuff-
1: lose all his title challenges uh, going into WrestleMania. He lo- he lost the Universal Title match. He'll lose this uh, next month. He can fail to go for the Raw Tag Titles, and then <laughs> WrestleMania will be the big one where he cuts down to 205 Live and he loses on mm. the kickoff. That to me, that what a great story to tell. <laughs> How bad is this guy? <laughs>
2: I think we're stuck here for a while, so get get used to Lashley and Finn segments on Raw.
1: Remember when Finn beat John Cena? Mm. Oh, exactly.
0: No, uh, really. Everyone
1: just stares what? that that happened like a month ago.
0: What do you guys see for either man at uh, Mania? Lashley and Finn. Oh,
1: um, man. I, I don't see any kind of concentrated program. I think that this could be, you know, some multi-man for the IC title or something. Mm. I, I don't see like a dedicated... To me, it's like WrestleMania is about the key four to five matches and the rest are just plugging in holes to get everybody a spot. And I see Finn Balor and Lashley in the, the ladder of just being guys that are going to be plugged into spots. They'll have roles on the show, but they're not going to be in featured matches.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm expecting at least like one of these four between Lashley, Balor, Strowman and Corbin, somebody being involved in the Andre battle Royal this year, which if it's Finn Balor, it would be a real shame. Actually, if it's it's any of four of them, I feel like it would be a bit of a shame, but you only have so many spots.
1: Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin in a no disqualification match. Uh, This is their best of 4,006 series. Uh, This is match (laughs) number 2014. And um, you could not possibly talk me into looking forward to this match, Nate. Um, Lashley and Finn Balor uh, with Leo Rush is infinitely uh, more interesting to me than this latest combination of these two. I, I wish instead of these two matches we were getting a just give me Gable and Rude against the Revival. If we're just mm. if we're just filling time, give me twenty minutes of those guys. Uh, I'm down. Uh, I I don't know. These two matches do nothing for me these editions, but maybe you feel differently.
2: I mean, or if we're just filling time, why don't we do the uh, tag match with with uh, Strowman and, and Kurt and run that back because it's not great, but it's better than the one on one with uh, Brock and Corbin. Uh, excuse me, uh, Braun and Corbin.
1: Well, they added the no no disqualification stipulation to this match, so it certainly opens it up that this is where Kurt could get involved because that seems to be – and Drew McIntyre as well, who is not on the show. All our favorites coming together.
2: (laughs) 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 Uh, That could be where they're headed for at WrestleMania, just one match with everybody you don't care about. Make that the bathroom break.
1: That's the Battle Royal.
2: Yeah. Uh
0: the fact that this is no DQ, I think, maybe raises my ex- expectations a little bit. If I were them, I would keep this one short and sweet. A lot of like crazy stunts in the crowd. Uh I think a lot of bells and whistles in order to, to make this Baron
1: Corbin match palatable. Some wild bronze stunt. Yeah. Porta potties everywhere. Oh, perfect. Yeah.
2: Maybe Nicholas shows back up. Oh, Nicholas. He Cap- might make a return. Maybe Kevin India. Owens
1: will be back with the in the porta potty. Yeah, maybe. The bowler. But no, Nicholas, I, I, I could see some type of cameo
0: from him again.
1: The Miz and Shane McMahon against the Usos for the SmackDown tag titles. Um, what have you thought about the buildup for this match, Nate?
2: I really like Miz and Shane together. I, they, I... they
1: have a weird chemistry that's definitely growing on me. I, I'm with yeah. you.
2: Yeah, like they, they 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 fit for whatever reason. Uh, the match I'm not exactly looking forward to for that Shane McMahon hot tag, uh, <laughs> but the the yeah. storyline leading up to it has been pretty fun. Um, assuming we do get this match, and you know, unless you know Jimmy's issues affect it, uh, I would expect for Shane and Miz to retain because I don't I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're at the point where we get the turn yet, and I yeah. think their turn is going to come from losing the titles, uh, and I don't think we get it here.
0: Even before, like you know, the news breaking today, I wouldn't have expected the Usos to win this one to take the title. So I think, yeah, absolutely right. There's, they're still telling this longer story with Shane and Miz that I assume will culminate at WrestleMania or or continue all the way at least until Mania. Uh, well, then you want to be starting it soon. Well, they kind of are. You mean the the breakup? If you feel like they-, they could continue as a tag team and maybe do the breakup at WrestleMania or oh, okay. even even beyond that. But they either way, they need to keep the belt in order for that to happen. I. If I, I hope the Usos are still going to be a part of this match because uh, they need to be in this match, I think in order to this for this match to have any chance of like being uh, good, right? Um, and I like the segment on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I kind of look forward to it because I
1: think the Usos are are the best tag team in the company right now. And then rounding out the announced matches, which it would not surprise me if they add a match or two on here because they do have the kickoff as well. Yeah. A um, lot of people aren't on the show. A lot of people aren't on the show. And there's, yeah. I mean, granted, you, you you time out the matches. The men's chamber, that's going to be a long match. Mm-hmm. And the women's one, we, we know it's going at least 2025 just because of the, um, the, the entrances. Um, but we got Buddy Murphy, Akira Tozawa for the Cruiserweight title. And I mean... I hate to be a broken record, but I think this is going to be the exact same as we get every month where they're going to have a tremendous match and it's going to have, you know, even if the crowd is into it, which they typically are for the 205 live matches now at these pay-per-views, mm-hmm. it's just, um, it's just kind of the, 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 there to be your, your kind of fun kickoff match. Storyline wise, I
0: don't know how much there there really is to, to comment on, but I mean, seeing how Mustafa Ali has been, somebody called up recently, could you see other person making the transition at some point?
2: Nate? Hmm, that's a good question. Like, I've, I've been really impressed by Buddy Murphy. Like, he was somebody who I didn't have a lot of faith in uh, when he first came into the company. He wasn't somebody I pegged as, this guy could be something big in the future. Uh, you know, he still has a ceiling, but I've been very impressed with his run as champion. I think it'll be a good match for Tozawa, who is another guy who I think is underutilized in the company. In terms of who could make that next step, In a perfect world, I'd like it to be Tozawa. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we've already talked about maybe some of the cultural or language issues that, you know, some of the Japanese performers have to butt up against. Uh, So I just think from a translation standpoint, uh, Buddy Murphy would probably be the easier transition to the main roster. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's the ceiling for either guy uh, on the main roster, because I do think they might come in hot. But I don't see either guy going as far as Mustafa Ali has. Well,
0: Buddy Murphy is such a big cruiserweight. I think he would make that transition very seamlessly if they decided to take him seriously. Like he's not that much smaller than, than a Daniel Bryan. In fact, he might actually look bigger sure. than a Daniel Bryan. So I think I'd love to see him transition to to the main roster very in the near future. And Tazawa, I think, is always a guy who you know he might be undersized. His promo might not be as strong, but I think it's his English is probably the best among all the all the Japanese people that are on the roster. And I I I always wish that they paired him with uh apollo cruz you know they yeah. these two are like real life best friends and i think a tag team between the two of them if he, even if you wanted to like when they did titus worldwide these guys would always hang out together but we never saw them team together and i think that's where the real magic would have occurred
2: and that stuff with titus worldwide wasn't great but they were actually getting some decent reactions mm-hmm. uh so, they so they yeah i thought up. that was
1: <laughs> they broke them
2: up. i thought that was something yeah they, they could clearly sustained.
1: clearly with ideas for all three who are just you know soaring on their own <laughs>
2: Hey, shout shout out to Titus uh, O'Neal uh, with his uh, relationship with Yolanda Adams. I'm sure they're having a wonderful Valentine's Day.
1: Cues up the Grammys. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. That's Elimination Chamber. We'll see if they add any more matches uh, in the time being before Sunday. It's The kickoff is at 6 Eastern, main show at 7, and Way and I will be live right after that show. Um, while we have you, Nate, I did want to ask you and get your thoughts on the Double or Nothing sellout from Earlier this week, pre-sale tickets immediately scooped up in about 26 minutes. And then the general on sale tickets lasted for about four minutes. And Wei Ting, being the investigative reporter, (laughs) checked in right on time when the tickets went on sale. And Wei got through and he could have bought tickets, but he he did not. uh, I I ended up not buying them, but I didn't have to wait in queue or anything. So you got right through, but uh, it's a complete sellout, Nate. The arena is scaled for eleven thousand six hundred people, and once they get all the production kills, they might open up some seats once the mm. the event, uh, once all that stuff is set. But anyway, it's completely full at the moment. Um, I haven't checked StubHub since uh, since Wednesday, but tickets were going as high as fifteen hundred US, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're even higher mm. by now. Um, did you anticipate the immediate sellout? Because I don't know. I just haven't learned that. I I thought after that last <laughs> press conference that I, I thought they were going to sell this out within the first couple of days, but immediate yeah. sellout. You you just don't know that Vegas that weekend. Are they going to get that same demand the second time? The answer was yes. It's incredible the demand that there was for tickets. Like this is, this is just a super hot ticket.
2: So first of all, you were saying Way had the option to get double or nothing tickets, but he folded.
1: Oh wow! I what? You folded on oh, nothing. I folded, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, uh,
3: thanks, Nate.
2: But yeah, yeah. I, I was not surprised at the sellout. Maybe like you, I was a little bit surprised at how fast the tickets went. Uh, but this is the hottest company in wrestling right now. You know, they might not have the worldwide reach of the WWE, but in terms of hardcore fans being passionate about a product, they're head and shoulders above everybody else right now. And they've got a buzz uh, coming off of that press conference. They've still got that buzz coming off of All In. And so it didn't surprise me that, that the tickets went fast. Uh,
1: How would you have priced these, Nate? Because they, they kept these very affordable. It ranged from thirty six seventy, And the, it tops out at $211.10, as Hangman Page explained to us in such a calm delivery. Um <laughs> you know, they could have charged double or triple these amounts and maybe I'm being conservative and I don't think they would have had trouble unloading at those escalated prices. But do you think that they're playing the long game here of keep these prices affordable, get people in, they're going to make more than enough off merchandise sales of these 11,600 people. And I think that there is something to this like uh, as a long-term message to your audience that we know we could charge more for this and we're opting not to. To, in order to open this up to the widest amount of people,
2: yeah, it's a couple things. One, it's that long game, like you're talking about, and you know the 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 Jacksons are very astute when it comes to finances, as well as you know we can't forget the the cons' involvement. Like these aren't people that are stupid with money, uh, so I think they're they're looking for long term gains. But the other thing is, I don't think you want to burn out your audience so fast and, and make it think that this is a cash grab, or you know they're they're they've got their hands in our pockets so quickly. So yeah, it's a bit of engendering goodwill and a bit of smart financial planning. So I I am not surprised. I think it's a good price point. And you're, you're in the business right now of creating lifelong fans for this company. You know, you just don't want to get a big uh, amount of money for one time. You want these people to come back for more and more. And so I think this is the way you do it.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think they're very smart right now. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what demand is going to be like for the show after this one, mm. you know, because I'm not underestimating any longer. I think well, the next
1: show is going to have, like if they run the Sears center again in September, I think it's going instantly again. What about the Jacksonville show? I, I don't know what the size of the venue is going to be. That's uh, that's the show they've talked about. That's going to, uh, a lot of the proceeds are going to go to, um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, gun violence awareness and, uh-huh. and uh, local uh, charities there in the in the Jacksonville area. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to know what kind of a scaled event is that going to be. Is that going to be closer to like a a smaller house show? Is it going to be the big blowing up kind of all in double or nothing mm-hmm. lineage that they're going to continue with and run a 10,000 seat venue? It's hard to say. I don't think they're going to have any issues um, selling tickets for the next time they run a venue of, of this size. I think the question will become – um, months into it, uh, once they have weekly television, is there going mm-hmm. to be, you know, you inevitably hit that point. New Japan hit it in, in the U S that is every show going to be absolutely must see. It's very hard to do that every single month, make every single show must see. Um, that's going to be the challenge that the more you run, it's going to, it's going to offset demand because you're going to be running that many more shows.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing with TV. Cause I think TV is so important. Uh, you know, and I, I was hoping that there would be an announcement about TV when they had the press conference. But the one minor drawback to television is right now, all of these shows are, you know, people are working on their imagination. Like, There's no storylines in place. There's no champions in place. We're working off of imagination. Once they get TV, we know what the product is. We have an established uh, program. And so. Will there come a point where the week-to-week TV for All Elite is something that is not as exciting as the potential of? Oh man, I don't know what's gonna happen at Double or Nothing.
0: I think so. I think that's only natural. The more exposure that somebody gets, it's, it's. I think a very tough task to maintain that same freshness. Right now, we're still talking about the follow-up to All In, which, mm. you know, was by all accounts one of the best shows in many people's minds who uh, who attended it. Uh so I think this one would be natural, but if they go through that same level of exposure that the WWE has week to week, how is that going to affect, you know, demand for for the product? I think it you know, they're probably very much aware of not burning their audience out the same way that the WWE has, and I think it'll be a challenge, um but I I feel like they're very well prepared for it.
1: Also knowing that the the overall game, it's Like the television deal is going to dictate everything. I mean, it's not, this is not a company that is living and dying off of selling 10,000 tickets and getting a million dollar gate. It's securing a television deal that is going to pay them significantly more than that, that the television is going to make or break this thing. So, I mean, that is just where wrestling is in 2019 as a priority. Uh, Nate, we won't keep you any longer, but I definitely wanted to let you uh, promote uh, I know you and Marcus have dove into the the fine waters of Patreon, the kings of sport. <laughs> now for everyone to be able to support, um, the floor is yours, Nate. Where can everyone catch more of Nate Milton, including this Saturday
2: at postwrestling.com? Yes, com. Yes. Yes, well, uh, again, thanks for for having me on, guys. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Uh, for the folks that are interested in the Kings of Sport Patreon, you can check that out at Patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport. Uh, it's myself and Marcus Vanderberg. Uh, we've been doing the Kings of Sport for five years, and so we figured it was time to you know take that next step. Uh, and we've got various tiers uh, with various rewards. You can check out uh, up on the Patreon exclusive feed. Currently, we have a video. Recap of the NBA trade deadline. We've got a video edition of the normal Kings of Sport podcast with Marcus and myself. And we've also got a few episodes of the 20 Twin Twin, which is our political podcast with Chris from L.A., uh, who is a political science professor. And we're going down each of the announced and potential uh, candidates for the 2020 Democratic nomination. So that's a fun little show if you're into politics. And you can check that out on the Kings of Sport Patreon. Uh, As well, as John mentioned, there is something that is going down this Saturday. It is the next edition, the next installment of the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show, episode two, featuring myself and Jay Hunter and V1 from OSW Review, and we are going to be looking at the American cinema classic, The Rundown, uh, which is also known in uh, the UK as Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, Starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Sean William Scott, Rosario Dawson, uh, Christopher Walken, and a cameo by Arnold Schwarzenegger. I remember that cameo. Yes. The big passing of the torch. The passing of the torch in in one of the craziest uh, little scenes uh, that I can remember from those early rock movies. So, uh, yeah, this is episode two of the Rock and Maya, the Picture Show. If you missed episode one, you can check it out with myself and Brian Mann talking about the Scorpion King. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to going down each and every one of these uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson pictures, uh, including the Tooth Fairy, uh, which which I've already got John Pollock booked for that one.
0: I'm booked. Including Fighting for My Family, which I'm sure you'll eventually – is that part of the, the list?
2: Yes, I'm. I am going to include fighting for my family. Uh, we probably won't get to it uh, <laughs> <For> until. <years. laughs> you know, I was going to say that's the good thing about this 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 podcast. I've I've built in job security, so we'll probably get to fighting <laughs> with my family around spring of uh, 2022.
1: The uh, the ultimate podcast politician, Nate Milton. He's he's <laughs> booked himself on top. Well, Nate, it's a great show. If you uh, if you missed the 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 premiere with Brian Mann, uh, a great discussion. Uh, and yes, this coming Saturday, you can find that on the free post wrestling feed. Just go to post wrestling.com or subscribe to post wrestling on iTunes and do check out the Kings of sport on Patreon sports, politics. They cover it all. We support them. Wrestling as well. And wrestling as well. So Nate, uh, enjoy elimination chamber this weekend. And we'll definitely be having you back soon as we, as we get closer and closer to impacts rebellion.
2: Mm, So I, hopefully I won't have to rebel against elimination chamber this Sunday, but uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, fellas. It's always good hanging out with you boys and, uh, and, and enjoy the rest of the day.
1: All right. You too, Nate. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. That was Nate Melton. Always always puts you in a great mood. Chad, I love Nate having Milton. Nate on. I love having him on. One of
0: my favorite people. At this time, though, maybe we want to be joined by some of our other favorites. Yes, favorite
1: we have a few minutes left before we sign off. So if you want to give us a call, you can do so at 732 800 4423 or you can Skype. Just search for post-wrestling and call in. Uh, We'll stick around for a couple minutes if anybody does want to call in or Skype in. A couple of things that are going down this weekend. Um, Evolve is running uh, their pair of cards, and those are going to feature Adam Cole as well, working those shows, as well as OTT's Homecoming 2 event, uh, which has that awesome video package with uh, Jordan Devlin and Mark Starr, as well as Walter taking on Pac. Yeah, David Starr. David Starr. Sorry. Did I say Mark Starr? Yes. David Starr. Wow. Um, And Walter versus Pac? Yes.
0: That Uh, sounds like a tremendous, tremendous show.
1: All right. Our first caller. Who is this calling in?
3: John and Way. It's Dez from California. What's up, guys? Hey, Dez. How are you? What's up? Good. I want to let you guys know, first of all, that uh, I actually changed my lunch hour to coincide with uh, this hangout. Oh, we and can't change the time
1: now. So. we we got to be locked in now. <laughs>
0: you oh, can't.
3: No, if you do that, you, I'll be so upset with you both.
0: Well, what time do you usually take lunch? Because isn't it noon right now?
3: Yeah, it's, it's noon. I usually take lunch about 2, 2.30. I like to usually have, like, most of my day behind me. So then when I come back to work, I only have to work for, like, two, two and a half hours. But mm. you guys are worth it, man. Thank you. You guys are worth What's it.
0: What's for lunch?
3: Today? Um, uh, well, today I actually had a double double. From uh, in and out here in uh, California. Oh, that type so of double-double. I had, a, I had a double-double while enjoying my status as a double-double, so it all worked out.
0: Man, it's the LA it. double-double.
3: Yes,
1: yeah. exactly. Yeah.
3: Yes. What well, would you I like, like to do chat about this? To the Toronto double-double. Yes. Hey, uh, are you guys going to Vegas in May?
1: No, no. I don't think we're going to be going um, for, for Vegas. I think we're going to be covering that one back here. Uh, we are going WrestleMania weekend, so doing the two trips back-to-back months uh, we, we kind of just picked the one it's that plus I think like we're really
0: eyeing Wrestle Kingdom this year so I think maybe saving some of our you oh, know uh, uh, my, uh, air miles for that uh, not not a guarantee yet but it's something we're looking towards um, and
1: yeah this is a
0: show that right, I feel on like well,
3: then.
1: Wade yeah. can only spend so much time with me on the road It's uh, there's a certain <laughs> limit in his I've contract seen, I've seen this guy in Vegas plenty of times it's not a pretty sight <laughs> yes we got married there once <laughs> Des, are
0: you going
3: well, to be going? We'll are you going to be going to the show? Well, I didn't get any tickets um, yet, but I will definitely be uh, keeping uh, stuck to StubHub and places like that because I would like to sneak my way in, but I'm not willing to pay like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, so I'm
1: curious. What's we'll what's see. your ceiling for an event like that? Like, obviously, it's a big show. What's kind of your limit that that you'd go for 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 a ticket to something like that?
3: Um, I went to WrestleMania uh, back in twenty. 15 when they were in the in san jose and i think for that show i paid like maybe 300 a ticket and it was three of us that went Mm -hmm. and that's that was that was my cap that was Mm -hmm. it was wrestlemania and i was going more so for the experience of the weekend than even for the show right um but i got to see sting so that was that was cool that was worth the investment but uh it was that that was my cap for this show like it's the mgm though it's it's AEW and I just love the feel of it it's super organic and it feels great so I'd love to be there for that weekend as well and mm-hmm. just be a part of even if I can't get into the show just be a part of uh, of StarCast and and hang out with everybody there
1: yeah I think it's a really smart play of having you know the two kind of piggyback off of one another with, with StarCast which I mean I think it's very much like StarCast they're not uh, technically the same company like they are separate but to me That's a deciding factor for people of am I going to get in a plane and travel for just the show versus the weekend that comes with something like StarCast. I think that that ultimately people are going to probably give in and decide it's worth it for the weekend as opposed to traveling for just the one show. I think helps a lot in the appeal to it. Mm
3: -hmm. And one more quick question for you guys, too. Do you guys believe that uh, Okada is still going to end up winning the um, New Japan Cup, and then challenge Jay White at the Madison Square Garden show. Because I don't know if that's a big enough main event for uh, this huge New York show.
1: I, uh,
0: well, if not Okada, then who else would you say would be big enough to challenge Jay
1: White for that show?
3: That's the thing. I can't think of anyone unless they bring unless they like surprise us with a Kenny Omega appearance. But I don't know mm. if that's in the cards.
1: No, I th- I think it's it's probably Okada or Ibushi. I think those are your, your two that you're looking for. I don't see Naito in that role. I guess like that's, that's an option you could go with, but Naito has been like such a long-term journey for that title that I don't see that happening. I also think that means a lot more in Japan for the audience. I think, I think New Japan.
3: Yeah.
1: Like I, I don't think New Japan is necessarily looking like this, this is their wrestle kingdom or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like certainly you want to put something big in there, but they, they're doing something very different. I think the fans want the biggest match today, and that would be Tanahashi Okada. And what they're doing is, we want Jay White to be at that level. And part of it is putting stock in Jay White, such as headlining a Madison Square Garden, where we are telling the audience he is at this level. Yeah. And that's always the difficult part, is, is the public at the same level as the booker in terms of who are your stars and who are your stars you're trying to make. So I would say if Okada... Is headlining that show with them. Um, I think Jay White losing the title at at Madison Square Garden. I think you kind of just get you kind of shoot yourself in the foot that you've you've kind of teased it with Jay White, and for him to lose it so quickly, uh, I think that does a lot more harm to him um, to to lose to Okada. Who's to say he has to lose though? I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. I think if he, I think if it's him and and Kota Ibushi, and it's abushi kind of just he's he's kind of the the last remaining golden lover that's going there to mm-hmm. to try and take the title i think they'd have a hell of a match i do too but i think like you know talking going
0: back to des's point i think it's it's what what sounds the sexiest on like you know a, a marquee uh i do feel like okada slightly edges abushi just you know on on name value alone um so i could do that i would say maybe do that but then you also that leaves abushi for another match and I think that would be a perfect opportunity to do a rematch w- with will Osprey e- as your your sort of semi main event that I think oh, would, yeah. be that would be strong enough little... yeah that would be more than strong enough to to attract people even if for people who aren't so interested in Jay white as, in a headlining bout
1: not that I, I know this is happening or anything like that but in the case where you may look at well we're not totally stoked with Jay white being in the main event of the show the other question is what do you have? For someone like a Tanahashi, for instance, like, I don't even know if Chris Jericho can work that show. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, is that considered a Ring of Honor show? Is it a New Japan show? Well, but if you can have a match like that, I -hmm. think that erases all people's doubt that if you have Tanahashi and Jericho, no title involved, that becomes the de facto main event for a lot of people or something of that level that even if it's not the title match, it becomes the the main event to people because it's a big match that you can still promote even though Jay White has the title do either of you guys think we will either see Kenny or Jericho
0: as a part of that show right now? How about you, Des?
3: Right on. Uh, I, I personally, I, I mean, if, if they can get past logistics and bring in a Jericho or an Omega, I would definitely see them on that show. I would even see like a golden lovers match on that show. Um, like a tag match. And, um, I would prob. I mean, I, I like the idea of doing Okada Tanahashi in the United States, but then there's the issue, like, I guess now nobody has, neither one has anything to lose since they neither has titles and they can just have a match, but now there's kind of no point. Like, I, I see them the teaming
1: match. on that show. If Okada is not in the main event, I could see that being the team. Like it just, it doesn't seem like there's any reason true. to do the match now, if not for a title.
3: Yeah. So other than just to be like an exhibition for where they're at. But yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Awesome.
1: Well, thanks a lot for thanks the call, Dez. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dez. Yeah, I I would peg Kenny Omega at like zero to yeah. be on that show. Jericho, I would say, I, I think it all comes down to, if he's allowed to do the show. I, I think there becomes a possibility, but it's such a politically difficult match <laughs> to book well, I, because I, he's got a headline double or nothing, and d- I I think Jericho is not going to just do a show. Like New Japan is not going to be booking him in a certain way, knowing that he's not around for. The, the next tour or yeah. he's it, it just he's a very difficult individual to book even though he brings a lot of value to a show like that i guess uh, it would be a different case if this show wasn't sold
0: out yet the fact mm-hmm. that it is already sold out tells me that you know would you want to kind of dive into the, those politics and per- potentially affect your relationship with ring of honor for you know an, an unnecessary uh yeah. financial box office gain i'm thinking if we we don't see either kenny or jericho at this point
1: yeah. I think though, if you're, if, if you're ring of honor, especially like you want this to be the big show that weekend. And, but do you want it to like, do you want to people to leave that
0: show thinking about Chris Jericho as the top star coming out of it? You know, a guy who's a headliner for a it's, rival it's, company.
1: It's really tricky. Um, You know, it's, you can see the, to give the, the best fan experience, yeah. it would be to work something out with AEW, but that doesn't really jive with their business at the moment. So I want to go to the
0: chat room. Uh, Ryan is informing us. Did you see the Undertaker's post this morning on his uh, Twitter? Briefly, it was. Uh, it's a photo of uh, Undertaker uh, with Michelle McCool on a private jet or some type of plane, uh, saying landed late last night. Must be meeting with somebody important today. Hashtag on the road again. Um, I don't know if this particularly means anything, but I think more so uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on, on just The Undertaker uh, and his social media maybe changes as of late, taking WWE off of his um, page and being open to inquiries and, and booking outside.
1: I think with The Undertaker, I think that's probably more, just, so it just comes down to, as you're taking more outside bookings and stuff, being able to use WWE in terms of advertising yourself as such. Um, I, I don't read tons into it. Um, I think he's just looking at doing a lot more appearances uh, at, at the moment. Um, Would not expect him to wrestle anywhere else. I I mean, it, you, you never say never. What is his contract? Do we know? What type of deal he might have? That it's would typically that him. he gets his his big downside every year, and it calls for. I mean, he did a, a number of matches last year. Um, but could he wrestle elsewhere? Again, again, it, it depends on what the what his contract status is. I mean, everyone believes he is he is under a deal to them, but it seems like it's just. I don't know the specifics of his contract, so hmm. you can't even state that. Um, it's a he's a very tricky. Person to imagine doing stuff elsewhere. It's tough for me to imagine him doing anything that he posts photos of himself doing on social media.
0: <laughs> like him being on a plane is weird to me. The man should just like teleport from place to place. Him like on Instagram doing anything is odd.
1: Um, just him. Existing. What? What if he had the uh, the like, he's with cat, cat he's, whiskers on, he's, his, he's, on his on his face.
0: He's hanging out with Post Malone. He's giving Post Malone a choke slam on his twitter well wouldn't you do the same yeah yeah anyway yeah so uh cool any
1: anything else on your mind uh just some last few uh news items here ring of honor have announced the following matches for their next pay-per-view which is march the 15th Jay lethal versus matt taven for the roh title the briscoes defending the tag titles against pco and brody king and bandito versus roosh Cool. So that awesome. should be an interesting show. And MLW's next event, March 2nd, will feature Tom Lawler versus Loki in a steel cage match at Cicero Stadium. And that's going to be airing live on BN Sports. So Interesting. Um, yeah. So not, not a crazy amount of news, but a lot going on this weekend between uh, WWE's Elimination Chamber. You have the, the OTT show, which mm-hmm. sounds super hot. Yep. Um, you've got the Will Osprey and Pac match that's happening tomorrow at your call. Um, for which promotion? That is yeah. for RevPro. Pro. Cool. uh and then you have the evolve shows with adam cole that we mentioned and then ufc is, saturday, is sunday night which i think i'm more intrigued by the ufc show than i am the wwe show on yeah. sunday and bellator's got friday and saturday nights, so busy, busy week, weekend busy busy weekend yeah uh anything else you want to well, touch on before one last question from brandon
0: d in the chat room who wants to know who would you guys put with cody at double or nothing they're teasing it. Obviously, they, they probably have somebody in mind already. I think
1: it's someone off-roster that you're... It
0: has to be. Yeah, that's got to just be the surprise. Um, yeah. Um. So the clue is that it's somebody personal. Or so some issue that is personal. I mean, the automatic
1: kind of person you would think of is Dustin Reynolds. But yeah, I think that would be such a weird match to do. I think people don't want to see them uh, oppose each other. I think it would I would have a certain curiosity, absolutely. But, um... We don't know, like, his contract status either, do we? Gold um, Dust. I mean, he's under contract at WWE at the moment. Right. So, okay. I, I don't know when that contract's up, though.
0: Stephen Amell might be another name. I don't know how much interest there is in that one. No. Um, who else would be
1: personal? Ted no. DiBiase Jr.? These are all, uh, w- w- with the exception of Dustin, bad ideas. Like, if you're doing the mystery opponent, you better have something great. Because yeah. for two months or however long they're going to milk this... You're just going to have people's expectations grow and grow and grow. Yeah. So you better have a great payoff when you do the mystery surprise. They'll certainly announce it. Like, I would hope soon, mm. you know, but anyway. Yeah. They should do teases like uh, along the way and let, and keep people guessing and stuff, uh, before it gets out. Cause I feel it will get out at some point. Um, yeah, it's, it's odd. Cause I don't, I don't see, um, maybe it's sting
0: sting. I mean, is that personal? Um, maybe it's DDP, part of his nightmare family. Maybe it's Glacier.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be it, right? Yeah. Okay. Glacier and uh, and Stardust. We've been recording for a little too long. I would say these are lengthy days on Thursdays. All right. Um, we've got to wrap things up. But thank you to all of you that joined us live, called in. Thank you to Nate Milton as well. Follow him n the number eight m o z a i k. And Way and I are going to be back on Friday. All of you Cafe members, we will have rewind away. With a review of the WWE's King of the Ring show from 2002 uh, to look forward to, and then Saturday it's the Rocky Maya via picture show with Nate Milton, and Sunday night right after Elimination Chamber we are live for our Double Double Ice Cap and Espresso members, running down the show from Houston, Texas. So for waiting, I am John Pollock. Thanks for hanging out.